It's a tale that has puzzled Montgomery and Macon counties for nearly two decades. It was November of 2003 when Dr. Mont Holly ventured to the family's farm in the secluded community of Shorter in Macon County to meet his 33-year-old son, Mont. Dr. Holly arrived at the camp expecting to find Mont, but what he discovered was emptiness. The camp, though still alight with flickering lights and the television playing in the background, was devoid of Mont and his Chevrolet Tahoe. Dr. Holly, assuming that Mont had merely been sidetracked by other plans, decided to return to Montgomery. We've talked about it when we were researching in Mont's case that boys especially don't always think things through. They don't think always to say, oh, hey, change plans, or um, let me turn those lights off or whatever. They're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come hang out. And then they just like run out, you know? And so I imagine that's a lot what it is, because one thing that Dr. Holly has told us is that like mom was kind of a a creature of habit or convenience, not habit, convenience. Like if it was convenient, that's what he was going to do. So his friend called and he was like, I'm this is hypothetical, assuming this is what Dr. Holly thought. His friend called, said, hey, let's go watch the football game. He's like, all right, dude, I'll be there in a minute, you know, and left. Yeah. Wasn't unexpected. Probably it happened before, actually, you know. Just left everything as is, didn't bother doing any kind of preparation. Yeah. yeah. And he probably walked in and was like, seriously, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Could be. Every light. Are you kidding me right now? You didn't even lock the door. (laughs) Come on. Yep. Yep. Little did daughter Holly know that within a matter of days, the Holly family's life would take a chilling and irreversible turn when Dell Segrist, a former attorney and Macon County judge, called to say that Mont's Tahoe had been found at their camp, just two miles away off County Road 30. That revelation jolted the Hollies into action, igniting a frantic search for Mont that would grip the community's attention. Days turned into weeks, with every passing moment amplifying the anguish of uncertainty. It was really cold. Yeah. I mean, this is the end of November into December. And we talk about the Alabama weather is so finicky and that sometimes it can be warm, sometimes it can be cold. But this is in Macon and Montgomery County. It's not really on the coast. So it's a little less warm in the actual winters. Like the more north you go in Alabama, you actually start getting more into the wintertime, actual real winter weather. Yeah. But this was one of those years where we actually had winter weather. Like, so Christmas was actually cold. So and, it was actually cold. I yeah. think that maybe during the day, the highs were in like the 60s. Right. Um, but at night, it was like freezing. Yeah. So that was kind of nerve wracking when we talked to Dr. Holly. You know, he said that was one of the things that they kept thinking about was what kind of clothes did he have on if he's lost out here in these woods? It's cold. How long does he have if every day it's starting to get more and more critical? Right, right. And it wasn't until January of 2004 that that mystery took an even more sinister turn. When Johnny Johnson, a name familiar to the Holly family, stumbled upon a haunting discovery. Johnny Johnson's eerie find shook the community to its core. 
He located Mont's lifeless body in an abandoned silo tucked away behind the back 40, a restaurant owned by Johnson's father, Ted Johnson, situated just roughly a half mile from where Mont's truck had been found on the Seagrass property. That was one of those things that we, once we realized where everything was located and how close everything was located, we went kind of on a hunt to place everything where it was. And it took a little bit of deciphering because you were looking at Google and you were looking at old maps and you were looking at newspaper articles and all. It was it was interesting trying to figure out exactly where everything was. It is. And if you actually go look on our website, Mont's case is one of the cases that we actually have up under our, our Alabama cases. Mm-hmm. We actually have a little map with the locations on there and the line showing kind of where everything was the distances to make it a little bit easier because sometimes you really just need to be able to see it. Right. And there was a timeline that we posted also to go along kind of with the whole thing. Mont Holly, a striking figure with dark brown hair and captivating blue eyes, was the embodiment of Southern charisma. Born into a family of distinction, he was the youngest of three children born to Dr. Mont Holly, a successful and respected physician in Montgomery, and Gail Holly. Mont's journey through life took him from Montgomery Academy, where he excelled as a multi-sport athlete, to the hallowed grounds of the University of Alabama. He embraced the southern trifecta of hunting, fishing, and football, namely the Crimson Tide, with a fervor that was unmatched. But Mont was more than just a sports enthusiast and an outdoorsman. He was a free spirit who charged his own course, living life entirely on his own terms. You know, one thing that I don't think um, has also been talked about really is Mont knew the Seagrass before his truck was just found there. And I think that's probably been part of the intrigue around his vehicle being found there. Wade Seagrass, who is Dale's brother, was actually the headmaster or principal at Montgomery Academy when Mont went to school there. And Wade's son actually played football. I found football stories um, or newspaper articles talking about the two of them being on the same team, game recaps or things like that. Right, yep. And then Dale also has a son named Mike, who is the current Macon County DA that is that same age group. So these guys grew up playing sports together and seeing each other out and about. I don't think that Dr. Holly actually had the property that their camp was on that long. I think maybe they'd had it a year or two at the time. Mm -hmm. But... The Hollies and the Seagrass knew each other previously. Right. It wasn't like this was just somebody random who they had never met before. Right, exactly. Um, a lot of people, I think, just make that kind of assumption that, oh, his truck was found on our property. Who is this man? Yeah, and it's not really talked about either that there's this, you know, potential link there. No. Um, huh reaction, maybe. Yeah, what was he doing there? Or... Kind of odd. I just think that's probably something that's been looked over. It probably wouldn't have necessarily been surprising that his vehicle would have been found there because our understanding is that you know maybe Mont would actually go um, hunting, like duck hunting and stuff with the Seagrass sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, especially it... since they had got the camp there that maybe he had hung yeah. out with them on occasion before. So it wasn't necessarily surprising that his vehicle would have been there, um, but maybe just the response slash reaction. 
at this point. Yeah. And if you didn't know the family, I mean, the people reading about what happened don't know the family. They don't really know that they knew each other in any way like that. Right. Um, but, you know, you also have to think it's been it's the holidays. It's the beginning of the holiday season. Thanksgiving just happened. People out in small communities, farms, lots of, you know, younger people. A lot of people have gatherings around that time, too. So, mm-hmm. And there, this was a massive search effort. Mm-hmm. There were a lot yeah. of people involved. There were also a lot of people that weren't involved. Yeah. Yeah. As we dive into Mont's story, we will uncover the layers of a man whose disappearance and subsequent death would spark a mystery that continues to haunt the community to this day. 